Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Thank you, Pete. And welcome to everyone this morning. Um, I pray that you will be blessed. Um, I pray that God will speak to your heart. Troubles are its not a simple topic, um, but it's an important and necessary topic. And I appreciate the way the service has flowed. Um, the wonder of creation, the song we sang, um, the, I appreciate the songs you have chosen of hope and comfort and uh, support from God. And, and then um, Pete says, Jesus' first words to John were, do not fear. So this sermon I have entitled, Troubles, What Are They Good For? Now I did preach this sermon um, in 2017, in September, and in the past two to three months it's been coming back to me. So I'm going to preach it again, not the same. Some of it uh, I have kept, some of the material I've kept, but I've changed it as well. And I think it's quite appropriate. Since 2019, we have had worldwide trouble with COVID and the ensuing major fallout in our economy, our relationships, our churches, our families, our relationships, our health system. So our troubles today seem quite magnified compared to what they were in 2017. I searched for some words to describe uh, this time period, and I came across an article in the Washington Post from December 18, 2020. And people were asked to describe the year 2020 in one word or phrase. And so they categorized the, the words. The top three were exhausting, lost, and chaotic. And the second category was disorientation, which involved restlessness, surreal, a television show that never knows when to end. I thought that was a really appropriate phrase. And in limbo. The next category they chose was despair. And the words, some of the words, I didn't include all the words at all, I just chose a few. Some of the words were heartbreaking, nightmare, and broken dreams. This survey was conducted two and a half years ago, and we continue to reel from COVID. As I was reading this article, I found myself kind of sinking and feeling depressed and deeply sad about it. 
And I thought we may have attempted to bury these legitimate feelings, but they're still lurking around inside. But let us remember that nothing takes God by surprise. God is omnipotent, that is all-powerful. He is omniscient, all-knowing, and omnipresent, present everywhere at all times. So it is my hope and prayer that by the end of this sermon, you will see the relationship between troubles and intimacy with God. And my premise is troubles are our teacher. Troubles teach primarily trust. There's other, other things we can learn, but trust is the big one. And troubles create an opportunity to grow in intimacy and maturity with God. And so the main scripture I have chosen is John 13, 18 to 13. I do not speak of all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but it is that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats my bread has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I am telling you before it comes to pass, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said this, he became troubled in spirit and testified, and he said, truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. The disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know of which one he was speaking. There was reclining on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. So Simon Peter gestured to him and said to him, Tell us who it is of whom he is speaking. He, leaning back on Jesus' bosom, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus then answered, this is the one for whom I shall dip the morsel and give it to him. So when he had dipped the morsel, he took it and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. After the morsel, Satan then entered into him. Therefore Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Now no one of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said this to him. For some were supposing, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus was saying to him, buy the things we have need of for the feast, or else that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel, he went out immediately, and it was night. So I'd like to take a bit of a survey here as well. And the first question is, who has had troubles in their lives since 2019? Who has not? Seriously, if you haven't. <laughs> you know, often we think, 
that no one else has any troubles or no one else has the troubles that I have, but everyone does. Troubles are not always easy to understand. They can be well hidden or obvious. They come in various shapes and sizes. We can have an extra small, a small, a medium, a large, an extra large, a double X large, and so on. Sometimes we can make an extra small trouble into a double XL trouble. Other times we have a triple, X, triple XL trouble and think it's medium. Some troubles have the ability to knock our socks off. Some people may have more than their fair share of troubles. Others have minimal troubles. Sometimes troubles come out of our way from nowhere. Others we create all on our own. And some of the thoughts that go along with troubles, and one I already mentioned, they do not have the troubles I have. If I had enough faith, I would not have troubles. If God really cared, I wouldn't be suffering like this. I'm not good enough. I'm too much. I live a good life. God should bless me. It's Satan's fault. Troubles hurt too much. And some of the feelings that go along with troubles, deep feelings, shame, anger, guilt, abandonment or rejection, worthless, fear, deep sadness. The hopeful part of troubles is that they can be viewed as opportunities for maturity and an opportunity to grow in intimacy with Christ, depending on how we respond to our troubles. And we have the freedom to choose whether or not we allow our troubles to be our teacher and to grow us up. I just want to be very clear on this topic. I am not referring to troubles such as physical, emotional, spiritual, or sexual abuse or neglect. I'm not referring to those kinds of troubles. There are times when we need to stand up to life or others and say, no, you cannot treat me like this. In the spring of 2017, I attended a retreat for By Peaceful Waters, the counseling agency that I worked for. And this was what kind of set off this sermon in the beginning. At the beginning of the retreat, we had been talking about various struggles and difficulties that had been presenting themselves. We then entered a prayer and worship time. And as we began to still ourselves, I sensed that we immediately and so easily slid into God's presence. And I can remember it even now as I'm thinking about it. It was just wow. It was so sudden that I lifted my head and I looked around with a sense that something important was happening. And I asked the question, why were we so easily able to enter into God's presence? Immediately the thought came to me, troubles. And I wrote down, the many battles that have been fought by the people in this room 
enable us to move quickly and easily into his presence. And as we discovered in our reading, Jesus had troubles. And he was troubled in spirit. I had never thought about Jesus having troubles. But he was man as well as God. In today's passage, he had very serious troubles, a threat on his life by one of his disciples, one of his inner circle. And later on, there was the betrayal by Peter, another one of his inner circle. During the scripture, Jesus became troubled in spirit. And he knew the trouble he was in, but he didn't stop it. He did pray that God would take the cup away, but he chose to continue. He yielded himself and was obedient and humble to his heavenly Father because he had developed an intimate relation with him during this time on earth. And so many times he went and prayed alone. Many, many times. Some other examples of the troubles in Matthew 14. John the Baptist was beheaded. Once John was beheaded, the disciples buried his bo John's body, then told Jesus about it. Jesus attempted to go up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. Just put yourself in the story. The person who had the honor of initiating Jesus' ministry by baptism was beheaded at the request of a woman who hated John for telling the truth. That must have grieved Jesus and troubled him. And he went to spend time alone. The crowds didn't allow him to do that, but that was his goal. And then in Matthew 27, Jesus is nailed to the cross. Right after being nailed to the cross, he prays for forgiveness to those who do not know what they are doing. He has been falsely accused, mocked, shamed, and humiliated. He turns towards his Heavenly Father, and he asks for forgiveness for those who are re responsible for his pain and suffering. While dying on the cross, Jesus cried out in prayer, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Just think of this. Even though it is God who he says has forsaken him, it is God he turns to. Imagine the closeness of their relationship that enabled him to be so honest with his Heavenly Father. This reaction is the culmination of ongoing close, intimate relationship with God, of turning to God in times of trouble. He didn't turn away from his troubles. He knew what they were and turned towards God. So when I came home from the retreat, I searched for a scripture that expressed what I was trying to understand. And I came across Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts 
to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul had had many troubles. He did not write these words as theory, but as lessons he had learned from his life and from his intention to turn towards God in the midst of troubles. The Japanese have an art method called kintsugi, literally golden, which is the kin part, and sugi is repair. It's the process of repairing ceramics traditionally with lacquer and gold, leaving a gold seam where the cracks were. And the thought behind it is, when we are faced with adversity, we can turn the situation around if we take care of it with patience, love, and understanding. And the text on there, I don't know if you can read it or not, but it says, when the Japanese brand mend broken objects, they aggrandize the damage by filling the cracks with gold. They believe that when something suffered damage and has a history, it becomes more beautiful. Paul tells us that we have this treasure in jars of clay. Our jars of clay become cracked over time, at times even broken. But God's light can shine through those cracks. Think of that light as the gold in our cracked jars of clay. Think of the gold that came out of Jesus' implicit trust in his Heavenly Father during the emptying of his life to save the lives of those who accept his salvation. Jesus' body was broken. We remember that every time we're here at the Lord's table. Think of the prophets in the Old Testament and the disciples in the New Testament. Each one of them had challenging or cracked lives, incredibly challenging at times. And their gold has shone through their lives for more than two centuries. On June 23, 1963, Martin Luther King made his famous I Have a Dream speech in Cobo Hall in Detroit. In it he said, and with this faith I will go out and carve a tunnel of hope through the mountain of despair. Not avoid it or try to go around it or over it or under it, but through it. Tunnel of hope through the mountain of despair. This imagery is poignant. A mountain of despair. Troubles can become a mountain of despair deep inside of us that is very real and can seriously affect our daily lives and our sleep at night. Tunnel of hope. Where does this hope come from when despair feels like a crushing mountain? 
Martin Luther King begins his sentence with this faith. Knowing that God has promised to never leave us and never forsake us, he sees the mountain of despair. He knows how the tunnel of hope can be worked. King uses the verb carve. This implies work, perhaps at times hard work. The carving of the tunnel begins when the person doing the carving confesses the mountain of despair to self and to trusted others rather than denying it or avoiding it. This takes a lot of courage. Confessing sin and or forgiveness may be part of the carving of the tunnel. Having compassion towards ourselves and each other is another part of carving the tunnel. Trusting that God leads into the tunnel, especially when the tunnel becomes very painful, is also part of carving through the mountain of despair. When the despair is too heavy, we may need other people to trust God for us. And that is very real. God is always faithful in the midst of troubles. This does not mean that he magically takes away our troubles. In fact, he tells us that we will have tribulation, but he promises to be there. Uh, Dr. Charles Price was a lead pastor from 2001 to 2016 at People's Church in Toronto. On June 30th, 2013, so about 10 years ago, he preached a sermon on 1 Corinthians 4. And I made a few notes, and I actually found them when I was getting ready for today's sermon. And he has, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has some very practical advice. He's a very good preacher and teacher. And he talks about various responses to troubles. One, we can endure them bravely, and that's legitimate. We keep calm and going on, stiff upper lip and all that. But we don't really need God. Second, we can eliminate them. Ask God, please change it or fix it, and this is legitimate. And one thing that Dr. Price commented on in 1 Corinthians 4 is that Paul never asked, he never prayed, for a miracle for his personal problems. In 2 Corinthians, um, Paul asked for grace to remove a thorn from his flesh, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. We can escape our troubles. I'm going to ignore this or avoid it because a better life is coming. And we can enjoy them. And he uses 1 James 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. And notice the progression. Joy when face trials. A test, perseverance, faith complete. And the last one he talks about is be enriched by them. 
And this talks about God's resources, the faithfulness of God, the grace of God. Sometimes he sends us trials to learn this trusting on him, just like with Paul. Sometimes daily life just happens. But we can actually be enriched and grow by our trials. There is hope in Christ in me. God, Jesus lives in our hearts. Jesus is adequate. So let's return to the above examples of Jesus spending time alone with God and see what we can learn from that as he turns toward God as his teacher and trusts him. The courage to honestly face the reality of his troubles, which he does. The awareness that the ugliness of his coming few days would be glorifying to God with the knowledge of the troubles ahead of him he instructs his disciples to love one another jesus had the strength and courage to live through incredible physical emotional mental and spiritual suffering he was able to look past his own incredible pain and forgive his enemies Something happens deep inside when we spend time alone with God, when we read his word, when we listen carefully to him. Some other results I have noticed from making a practice of spending time alone with God are that faith in God grows. Inner healing can occur, sometimes outside the uh, awareness. Increased sense of who God is calling me to be in this little corner of the world that he has put me in. My job is to be willing to listen. In addition to spending time alone, it's also crucial to spend time in fellowship with other Christians. That's extremely important to share our faith, our lives together. It's also important that professional counseling may be needed, and that is okay. It is a sign of courage, integrity, and honesty. Where or who will you choose to turn toward when you have troubles? When Jesus was troubled, he faced his troubles and turned toward God. He was able to because he had often spent time alone regularly with God. Allow your troubles to take you there to this type of closeness with God. It may not be easy. Matter of fact, it probably won't be, but it will ultimately be worth it. God will always be with us in the midst of it all. He has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. I challenge each one of us, myself included, to choose to take the opportunity to go closer to Christ in the midst of our troubles. And yesterday I came across an article in uh, the uh, Mennonite Brethren Herald Digest from March 2023, and I want to read a small part of that. The title of the article is 
Beauty from Ashes, The Making of a Leader. And it's about Karen West, who is a pastor emeritus at Waterloo Mennonite Brethren Church in Waterloo. And when she and her husband were first married, they had problems with infidelity and then with adoption, an awful lot of uh, struggles and troubles. And I'd just like to read a paragraph from that article. What she, that is Karen, learned at this time about enduring hope in the midst of struggle and crisis is what Karen calls the thread of God's voice in her life. And this is what Karen says. Vulnerability and brokenness, if lift out honestly and not hidden, become something beautifully redemptive that God gets invited to, like a crack in our facade, to change our difficult struggles and mold them into something beautiful. He gives us beauty from ashes. If we resist or try to put on a false front like we have it all together, then that redemptive space is somehow minimized or lost. And so to finalize, troubles are our teacher. Troubles teach trust. And troubles create an opportunity to grow in intimacy and maturity with God. So let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, you are a gracious God. You are a great and mighty God. And you are a good God. Gracious, great, and good. That is who you are. And that is who you desire to be in each one of our lives. And our Heavenly Father, you are aware of the troubles that each one of us is living with, is holding inside of us, And you are there with your arms wide open, saying, come to me. And we thank you and praise you for that. Forgive us, Lord, when we have missed the mark, when we have not come to you. And thank you, Lord, that you understand us. You understand our humanness. And so I pray, Lord, that you would be with each person in each of their troubles, and that we would come to know your mighty love, your mighty grace and mercy deep, deep inside of us. We pray these things in your name.